Smoking and Drinking in Space is a proud member of the Earglue Media Network. Boba, is your father here? Yep. May we see him? Sure. Dad, Tonwee's here. Welcome back. Was your trip productive? Fairly. This is Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's come to check on our progress. Your clones are very impressive. You must be very proud. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. Ever made your way as far into the interior as Coruscant? Once or twice. Recently? Possibly. Then you must know Master Cypher Dias. Oh, Baba, Rudet Sohik. Master who? Cypher Dias. Is he not the Jedi who hired you for this job? Never heard of him. Really? I was recruited by a man called Tyrannus on one of the moons of Bogdan. Curious. Do you like your army? I look forward to seeing them in action. They'll do their job well. I'll guarantee that. Thank you for your time, Django. Always a pleasure to meet a Jedi. And welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week we continue our run-up to the Rise of Skywalker as we review Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. He's the dark side to my light. It's Crowley. He's back this week. How are you doing, Crowley? Ah, uh, fuck. Why am I here? Why did we have to watch this fucking movie for fuck's sake? And Rob, fuck you. I just because want to get of the pictures. Right now. I have pictures on you. That's why you're here. And James wasn't available. Well, well, lucky him. Jonesy, welcome to this fucking shit show. Like, why did you pick this movie to fucking talk about with us? Out of Dude, all he of the movies. He wasn't even introduced yet. <laughs> God, way to like spoil it. And he's it the Jedi Council that turns a blind eye to all the shit going down in the galaxy. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty good. I like to be the shit. Wait, wait. Is it really a blind eye or is he just ignorant? Uh, I just took my contacts out and I can't see shit, so it's fine. Jesus Christ. And with us this week to help us navigate the ins and outs of Star Wars lore, it's the man, the myth, the legend. He's from the Cantina Cast podcast on EGM. It's Jonesy. Hi, Jonesy. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited to see this shit show firsthand. Uh, Yeah, well, you've experienced this shit show for the last, what, three and a half minutes now. So what do you think so far? Um, It's about what I expected. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we're at Sounds least right. living up to expectations, although I, I, that bar is probably pretty low. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how he's going to see it firsthand since we're like all in different rooms. Oh, my God. I fucking hate you so much. I know. So much. I know. Uh, I, I don't know how James puts up with you every week. I really don't. Uh, very uh, small doses. <laughs> small doses. Fair. Fair. That's what she said. All right, so we are going to uh, skip the news, and who's ready for a pod crawl? Oh, let's do it. Best part of the show. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl? The pod crawl! Pod crawl! Pod crawl! Pod crawl! Excellent! Insert it deep! Pod crawl! Kind of like a space suppository full of information. The opening wall of text tells us that the Republic is shedding member systems like the Skywalkers shed limbs during lightsaber battles. Former Queen and current Senator Amidala is once again the galaxy's only hope as she sets out to Coruscant to vote against forming a standing army, something that boggles the mind when you think about a Galactic Republic not having, and also becomes a running theme throughout the series. 
Arriving at Coruscant, her ship blows up from being far too reflective, and not in the self-improvement kind of way. The Jedi Council, by the request of Senator Palpatine, assign Obi-Wan and Anakin, now with 50% more angst, to protect Amidala, because with Jedi being a scarce resource already, you definitely want to throw a couple of them into a babysitting gig. The Jedi take their gerbs very seriously, delegating the actual protection duties to R2 who throws up a laser detection system that doesn't cover the entire room. It's no surprise when an assassin hired by a bounty hunter who was hired by a Jedi who was hired by a Sith uses a drone to insert a couple of spiky caterpillars into Amidala's room and poison her. Obi-Wan and Annie notice at the last minute that the smell of Coruscant has crept into the room from the hole in the window and get into bug extermination mode. Obi-Wan spots the drone and jumps out the window, taking a ride on it back to the owner while Annie heads out to steal a speeder, as angsty hormonal teenage Jedi do. A chase ensues, the assassin changes shape and gender a few times, Obi-Wan cuts off a limb in a bar, which I guess is his shtick, and the assassin is assassinated by the very bounty hunter who hired her. It. Them. Whatever. Obi-Wan chases a clue, the dart that the bounty hunter used, because I guess they use super special darts that you can't find at Bounties R Us. Angsty, who has become increasingly creepy in his interactions with Padme, is kept on her personal protection detail, but will be doing it back on the picturesque planet of Naboo. At a romantic lake house. Just those two. Why is the Jedi Council this dumb? Obi-Wan heads to a greasy spoon to clog an artery and ask a cook about a dart. The cook points him toward Kamino, which Obi-Wan can't find on a map with both hands falling out of a boat. Yoda asks some kids to give Obi-Wan the obvious advice, go to the place where all the signs point even though the map says there's nothing there. Duh. Meanwhile, Angsty is angsting it up with Padme, creeping on her hard until he finally gets her to snap, put on a dominatrix outfit and makes him her bitch. Obi-Wan stumbles across Kamino and is greeted with news of a huge clone army commissioned by a long-dead Jedi. Turns out the army was cloned off the bounty hunter he's looking for. He's told to bring the guy in, so naturally he tries to kill him first, has his ass handed to him, and has to chase him to another planet where he, once again, has his ass handed to him. Licking his wounds, he lands on the planet and sends a message to Annie and Padme to relay back to the council. I've discovered where they are making the drone army, Dooku is involved, send help I'm being captured. Annie sends the message to the council and Padme decides that she alone can save Obi-Wan from whatever fate awaits him and heads off to Geonosis. Dooku tries to recruit Obi-Wan which doesn't work, Annie and Padme arrive and immediately get in over their heads and captured, R2 shows what a dick he is by shoving C-3PO off a platform, and they all end up in a coliseum for some Romanesque style gladiatorial battle action. They fight off a praying mantis on steroids, a mutant rhino, and the ugliest kitten in the galaxy who was only there to expose Padme's midriff, until they are surrounded and all hope seems to be lost. Until the entirety of the Jedi Order come to save their bacon and lose about half their number against overwhelming odds until all hope seems to be lost. Until Yoda comes in with the clone army and saves their bacon and takes the battle out to a battlefield where the two armies seem to have been set up and ready for an epic end of movie battle, with clear battle lines, fronts and strategies. Obi-Wan and Annie chase Dooku who is piecing the fuck out, and corner him as he makes it to his personal ship. He quickly takes care of both of them with the panache and flair of a swashbuckler and takes Annie's arm as a trophy. Yoda makes it just in time, and after they both compare the sizes of their force powers, they whip out their lightsabers to compare sizes there as well. Dooku's is definitely bigger, but in terms of ratio, Yoda wins the day, but Dooku distracts Yoda long enough for him to escape. Dooku runs back to his master, Sidious Palpatine Esquire who loves it when a plan comes together, the Jedi Council ponder meditating on the Sith threat some more, and roll a secret Padme and Anakin wedding credits. <laughs> do you have to do like two files? Because that was long as shit. No, that was just one file. Wow. That's how long the movie felt when you watch it again. Yeah. No, yeah, it, is. yeah it, it, it feels... wasn't that long. Crowley only watches 15 yeah, minutes. You really only have to watch the last 10 minutes of this movie, which is what I did. As I said last week, that's the way you're supposed to watch these movies. You watch four, five, one, the last 10 minutes of two, three if you really want to. Then you can watch six. And then what you do is you can watch seven if, you, if, if like you're in the mood for it. You can watch eight, but only if you're really hoping that in episode nine they go full Dallas and Luke wakes up from a fever dream and goes, what the fuck was that? <laughs> well, I guess you just saved yourself about two and a half months worth of podcasts. <laughs> no, yeah, he didn't. He still has to be here. Yeah, I have pictures. He has to be here. Damn it. Damn it. Um, I want to start with Jonesy. Uh, what we're going to do is, you know, talk about a, a couple of things that you really like about the movie. 
a couple things that you didn't really like about the movie. Uh, these movies have gone been gone over, you know, ad nauseum since they, they've come out. Star Wars fandom is one of the most rabid fandoms out there. And I don't want to rehash things that people and other shows have done far better than we could probably do. Although Jonesy does a pretty good job. So Jonesy. Um, Wait, hold on. Hold on. All right. I got my snacks. I'm ready. <laughs> I wanted to hear what he has to say here. I'm intrigued. I he's hate a you, Rob. He's a professional. <laughs> Rob, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jonesy, uh, you yeah, want to so- kick this off and, and show us how it's done. Uh, what, what about the attack of the clones? Do you really like, uh, this is, this is one of the movies that you actually picked to, to come on the show and help review with us. Yeah. I think my exact words were, I'll jump on this grenade. Yeah. If you want. Yeah. Yeah. That it feels like that too. Yeah. This tends to be probably the least favorite amongst the, uh, two original trilogies now prequel and original, but the, the things I really liked about it though, go kind of towards the end, right? This is the first time we saw a full scale Jedi on screen which I think going into this movie was one of the things that everybody was really excited to see besides the creation of the clone army and all that being able to see, you know, hundreds or thousands or however many Jedi we, we think we actually have out in the galaxy all in a full scale assault and war. I was something that we all wanted to see finally. And, and we, I think we got it to an extent, right. And we had a pretty good action sequence there. And uh, the whole action sequence, I think towards the end of the movie was pretty well done and pretty interesting. It was arguably probably the, the best part of the movie and then the second part is, and this is something I really like that not everybody does. This is pretty polarizing. I really liked seeing Yoda in action at the end against Count Dooku. And I know people, you know, him jumping around and doing the hermit thing or, or Kermit thing and, and, and making all the noises and grunts. People have a bit of a problem with that, but I thought it was pretty badass to have him jump around and just do all these things. And when he's all done with it, you know, summon the cane and, and start limping again. And I just thought it was a great moment. So but this movie had to fix some of the stuff from Phantom Menace too. So I guess we'll get into a little bit of that, but those are two of the main things I really liked about this one. Yeah, I agree. I did like the, the, the epic battles. Um, I don't like how they kind of ham fisted the epic battles into the story. Um, but they did look good. Although that was kind of the exception to the rule because a lot of the CGI in this movie just doesn't hold up for terrible today. Um, and, and in fact, you can definitely tell that 90% of the movie is, is CGI. They must've shot a ton of this movie just on a green stage. And then it was blue, well, blue stage, green stage, red stage, whatever color they used. And then just composited environments around them. Cause yeah, and that's a great point because I think what we started to hear more of when this movie was in development were the actors speaking out about how difficult it was to do so much against blue and green screen. They used a mix, Rob. Get with the program. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not, I'm so, not yeah. the Star Wars aficionado. I apologize. <laughs> well, it's just standard movie making now. But anyway, I thought you did a movie well, podcast. I, I love you, Rob. You're actually one of my favorites. I can't I know. Shit. I know. But yeah, so There's this no is reason one of the why I time. do this every time. <laughs> right. We heard the actors getting more vocal about how difficult it was to act without the environments around them. And to do it in you know, close sets, you know, I think some of the uh, the speeder sequence at the beginning in, in particular is a little awkward at times because of you just don't, they can't see anything around and they're having to imagine most of it, right? I mean, we heard some of that in the original trilogy too when they're in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and they're trying to imagine what kind of craziness they would be flying into. But this took it on a, a totally different scale for really a bunch of actors that had not done that kind of acting before in these types of environments. So Jonesy, what didn't work for you in this movie? Oh, man. Uh, it's got to start with a love story, right? I mean, I, I can't even really call it a love story. I think the, the Pacar was pretty accurate. Uh, Anakin creeping creep the entire show. time. Yes. Dude, it made me uncomfortable. I, I just was so... Oh. Go ahead, Rob. Tell me how you really feel. No, about that's, <laughs> that's it. Anakin is a creep. Yeah, I'm with you. He did. I mean, and I don't know. Padme didn't help it, though, either, right? I mean, she's wearing these really, I don't know very exposing type of outfits. Not no, just, no, no. Not, not just the Dom defense, outfit, but it's the... Though, huh? Her defense, she started off with uh, nice flowing dresses. And as the movie went on, she took off more and more clothes. Wait, are you two, are you two victim shaming? I, that kind of sounds like it to me. No. <laughs> right? No. They're like, 
No, oh, but she, she asked for it, right? Saying, what she wore. She, she Anakin knows. was a creep when she was like fully clothed, <laughs> and then and then she just started undressing even more, and he she just, deserved it. She no, deserved she didn't. It. No, it, this is purely on Anakin, but she did. She wasn't helping matters. No, she, she wasn't. It seemed like she was clearly knew what Anakin's objectives were. And she was still encouraging the behavior, it seemed. Oh, well, so you're saying that. she was baiting him. I well, <laughs> clearly she wanted clearly she wanted him too in some weird kind of way. Yeah, she likes to rob the cradle, apparently. What yeah, what is still, the age difference? Uh, what about, well, it's like, ten years after the first one movie, right? Well, obviously. Right. Yeah, I mean it's but, ten years since since she has seen him, but what so what is that age difference? Yeah, how how old was she in the first movie? I think she was supposed to be 16 in the first movie, so she would have been, what, 26? So she's about eight years older than he is? Yeah, less than 10, like somewhere between five and 10 years total. Because he was about eight in the first movie. Statutory rape is not So he would be 16 right now. No, it's 10 years. 10 plus eight is 18, Rob. He was was not 18. In this movie? I think he's supposed to be... 16, like 17, 20. 18. You think like he was yeah. six yeah. in the first movie? I think he was I think he was 16. Yeah, I think he was six in the first movie. Hmm. Yeah. I figured he was around eight. It's a very well read six year old, but yeah. Well, are you, you know, an angel? Midichlorians. Oh my God. Ah, midichlorians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you have midichlorians, you grow up fast. Yeah, get you, you a nice little pigtail. I was just gonna say people age differently if they're from Naboo. That would be <laughs> that would make the most sense. Oh, kind of like Interstellar, yeah. Like so, so Naboo's maybe like next to a black hole or something. Sure, Rob. Whatever it takes for you to understand what I just said. <sighs> Great, thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> Let's get back on topic. <laughs> well, this is what we do. I know. Welcome to say this. No, this is a field day too because the thing that I always—it's kind of—it's almost become a shtick. But one of the things that bothers me the most about this movie is Obi Wan's beard changes about every other scene. Oh, I know. And it's such sometimes, a like in beard. like in Dex's diner. Like he's in perfectly manicured, amazing Ewan McGregor beard, and then at the very end, when when they you know they're about to part ways, and he's looking at the saber dart again, he's like got this bushy, mangled, I don't know, looks like paste and pubic hair on his face again. Yeah, it, it was like at the beach. I'm thinking it's a reshoot right there. It is. It, so yeah. Ewan McGregor, yeah, when they came back for reshoots, he was already doing Black Hawk Down, so he had already shaved his head, shaved his beard, and everything. So the makeup department had to give him hair everywhere. That rhymed. This is Thanks. the uh, this is the uh, Cavill mustache before the Cavill mustache. Oh, but and in, in, in reverse, and I think far <laughs> yeah, worse. Reverse, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah this is on, far worse. Take it off. Oh, I don't and know. Egre- that- I mean, it's just the most egregious looking beard I think I've ever seen. It's, you know, for a fake beard. Of all the things we can do with makeup, we couldn't give him a civil beard for Christ's sake. No. So what they did is they found a redhead, they shaved his pubes, and then just put it on no. the guy's face. No, see, That's here's the thing. Was. Like this is like this is part of my gripe with this whole movie is everything is. Fucking CG fucking eye. Everything. And so they were like, nah, let's just fucking CGI his beard and shit. Like, forget practical effects. Let's just CGI the fuck out of everything because I'm George fucking Lucas. You think that the beard was CGI? No, I don't think the beard was CGI. I think it, I think they didn't have a budget for practical effects anymore because they spent <laughs> so much on CGI. And they just got a hobo off the street to paste some hair on his face. It was so it was bad. Frank. It was Frank. For, a, for a while, I really thought that it was a double for Ewan McGregor. I didn't even think it was him because he just looks so different with it, especially outside the nightclub when he's like, this, this is your life, you know, and all that. It doesn't even look like Ewan McGregor. Well, yeah, and the hair too. The hair changes styles two or three different right. times throughout the movie. It's shorter and then longer and then, you know, a totally different That's style. That's how hair grew in the 2000s, early 2000s. That's just how hair grew, Jason. Look, I had hair in the early 2000s. Did. It didn't yeah. grow like that. <laughs> he had hair, so he's a had, bald motherfucker yeah, right him. now. Not a bald. Yeah. Rob, shut up. Picard. Full Picard. Bullet. Yeah, definitely flowy one was in full effect. All right, Crowley, let's get to you. What did you like about the movie? The last 10 minutes and the credits. <laughs> Are there reasons why? Why the credits? Yeah, because everything before the last 10 minutes sucked. And then when the credits rolled, I knew the fucking movie was over and I didn't have to watch anymore. What about it's the, terri- what about the okay, last look, 10 minutes couple- <laughs> is worth watching in your, in your timeline? It's just a joke because the love story sucks. That's literally all it is. 
There, so there's a couple things. The acting, I think, was terrible for the most part, but Ewan McGregor Ewan, uh, did a fantastic fucking job, I think, with Obi-Wan. Like, I think you really start to see him flesh out what we were expecting to see of Obi-Wan uh, from what we learned of him in episodes four, five, and six, right? So you see him start to flesh out. I think he did a really good job with that. Uh, I felt bad for the dude who played Dooku. Like, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Yeah. Yeah. I felt really bad for him because like he's such a good actor and then he's doing this shit. Like when he's shooting lightning out of his hands, I felt bad for him. He wasn't even trying to sell it. <laughs> he was literally just putting his hand out in front of him and holding it there. There was I have no expected power. him to make the sound effect himself. <laughs> Zap. <laughs> right. Zap. Yep. There was no Palpatine. Where he's shaking and he's selling it. There was none of that. It's just him going, fuck me. Why am I here? This is dumb. This is fuck, not what I signed hand. up for. Right. Like, that, like, the acting is just so static, but but I think that Owen shines through. Uh, and and uh, motherfucking Samuel L. Jackson did a fantastic job, I think, as well. Uh, the other thing that, that I really, really liked was the credits. And those are literally the only two things about this movie that are fucking tolerable. Samuel L. Jackson and, and Ewan McGregor. That's it. Everything else is shit. And when I say shit, I mean, rewatching this, it gives fucking Ryan Johnson a run for his money for worst fucking Star Wars movie ever made. So you didn't enjoy watching Padme and Anik frolic in the fields? No. <laughs> no. Holy shit, no. It's not <laughs> fucking Star Wars. I get that that's the story, but there's a way to tell that story without making it that story. Jedi have feelings too, Crowley. And fucking yeah, but they're not supposed did to. Not, Lucas did not do a good job with this. I don't know if he was just fucking phoning it in, if he was like, look, the CGI, like the other part of the movie that I really, really liked was the whole uh, Django Fett versus Obi-Wan fight scene because it was so poorly choreographed. And like when they're CGIing in explosions and Obi's just fucking falling backwards, at that point, you know, Owen McGregor's just having a good time with it. Like, fuck it. I'm just going to throw myself backwards. Well, not but, only know, we, that, but his hands were already bound. But when he went to go get uh, bring his lightsaber back to him, you know, like his hands were already together. It wasn't like they <laughs> grabbed, you know, it, it circled right. around him and got him. No, no, I'm already bound. Let me get it. Because I have never seen a Jedi grab try to grab their saber with two hands. <laughs> I've never it's seen always, It's always one hand, boom, it's in my hand, and I'm swinging. Right, that but I've never seen gave a us Jedi the best, grab, like... Like, this thing gave us the best meme, though, ever, with Obi-Wan opening the door. I mean, how many memes have you seen and, and GIFs have you seen since yes. this? GIFs. GIFs. Dude, have you not listened <laughs> to the show? It's GIFs, yes, constantly. Yeah, but, I mean, all the ones of him swiping things away for people in the doors, closed off. I you guess, would have had that without the scene. So thank you, George Lucas. Him like grabbing onto twine. Like, yeah. I don't care how good of a force user you are. Like physics are still a thing, right? So there was no rope burns. There was no like him screaming in pain as he slides down the twine at all. This is him grabbing the twine from this like fucking 50 foot fucking fall. Like it's just, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. He, he still has all his fingers. Yeah. I just, yeah, there's just you know so it much. It wasn't twine. It, it was like, Cable. Yeah, yeah. Right. Which would fuck you looked, up even yeah. more. Right. It's just, it, there's so much bad about this movie that the, the good in the movie is so overshadowed. I just, again, it gives fucking eight a run for its money for most terrible Star Wars movie ever made. But I, at least, I, I guess nobody Mary Poppins through space in this fun. So fuck it. Second worst Star Wars movie ever. Rob, what, uh, <laughs> what about the movie did you like? Or what about the part of the movie that you watched? Did you like? <laughs> um, I like the love scene. Oh God! No, I'm just kidding. I am just kidding. That that was a shit show. Um, yeah, I like the battle. Uh, I you know it seems to be a consensus. The last, you know, I'm gonna start with when they got put into the arena. From there, towards the end, everything was pretty good. Cut out the last like five seconds where they have the secret wedding. Um, all of that was good. It's been a while since I've seen this. Uh, and so a lot of the stuff that I was seeing at the beginning, it was, I liked it because it sucked so hard. 
was, <laughs> oh my God, this is, I liked it because it, it was so bad. It was like, I can't believe people enjoyed this. You know? They didn't. I think that, well, that's part of the yeah, problem with this movie. They didn't, but I mean, they, but what I'm saying is like, like people still have hard ons for this. Yeah. You know? No, people did people enjoy this. People who were kids. Yeah. No, did, people, yeah, children. Yeah, the kids who were around when this movie came out, when this trilogy came out, still love it. It is their favorite trilogy. It's better than the original trilogy. They like it better than the new ones. I'm going to yeah. tell you what this movie did for me. I'm going to tell you what this movie did for me. It it made me believe that Yoda knew. How so? Yeah, why? Because Yoda, he feels uh, that Anakin's in pain. He 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 keeps giving uh, uh, Palpatine or uh, these looks, like these weird looks. When Palpatine is, he's like, "Oh well, of course I, I will lay these powers down when when I'm done," you know. And he just gives him this look, like, "No, you won't. Like I know you won't. You know you won't. I, I think know he you had won't." Suspicions. I don't think he I think, knew. For I, a fact. I honestly think Yoda knew for a fact, and he knew it was time for the Jedi to go because the Jedi were so. Uh, deluded with themselves. They were so, like, they couldn't see the dark side. It wasn't the cloud of the dark side. It wasn't the dark side itself. It's that the Jedi had ha had, had so they many years of, of, like, just not having to worry about the Sith or having to worry about the dark side, except in their own ranks, that they became blind to it. And he knew it was time for them to go. He knew it was time to usher in a new generation. He knew that the prophecy was true, and he understood the prophecy to mean that that there were the the Jedi had to go away because balance in the Force means just that: light side and dark side have to be equaled out. Yeah, that prophecy. We'll we'll stick a pin in that because I do want to touch on the prophecy a little bit. But I want to get to Rob's dislikes, and then I'll go over mine, and then we'll we'll cover the prophecy. So, Rob, what did you not like around about this movie, or what um, you've seen of it? Uh, Hayden Christensen. That, that, was, that sums it up. Yeah, yeah. If yep, he was in fair. a scene, that's fair. I didn't like it. Sand is rough. It gets everywhere. Well, no shit. Thanks, Captain I hate Obvious. Sand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he and he was such. So, so I, I truly believe that if they had picked someone else, it might have been a different story. Anyone else? Anyone else? I, I think if they got somebody else for Anakin. It would have been a different story, and it might not have been the shit show that we saw. I, I th e the, the writing either sucked. of the actors from Keenan, uh, Keenan or, or Kel. Yeah, right. Would've, would've, would've whatever. Been. the The writing sucked. The the the. It's, it wasn't the writing. Is, it was the way he. It was the way he wanted it acted. Mm, I think a lot of Lucas. it was the writing. Did you listen to the dialogue? Writing. It was. It was. <laughs> but George that's the way Lucas, Lucas wanted it. Yeah, but that's the problem. It's George Lucas wanting to write, and George Lucas is not a writer, barely a director. Ex yeah, he is. He is not. Uh, you know, he's an editor. Four, yes. How I like to see him most of the time. Yeah, yeah, four, yeah, five. That, that was great. But he had, four, five, and six were 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 fine. Well, he but didn't he direct five or six. Well, no, six he didn't wasn't direct really them. That fine. Let's well, let's let's put a pin yes. in that. Okay. Six wasn't really that fine. He walks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They could they can all die in a furry. Pit of hell, um, thank you. But, but <laughs> fucking throw the, the porgs in there too. Yeah, and right. all of eight, just all of eight. Fuck it. Hey, save it for later. We, we've got we've got two more months of this shit. <laughs> save know, yourself right? for hand sex later. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I think he needed writers, and that was the problem. And and I think if you get a different Anakin, this would have been a completely different show or a different movie. Um, right. I'm going to defend so, Hayden Christensen in two scenes real quick. Okay. I, th I think there were two scenes I think he was he was decent in. So early on when when Obi-Wan and Anakin first go and meet Padme, when they're arguing and bickering, it got super uncomfortable between the two of them when he keeps challenging and Obi-Wan's like, what did you yeah. just say to me? Like, I thought that was actually pretty, like, pretty well done. Yeah. Like, you actually get that uncomfortableness. Jason, do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then I think, I think the other time was after he when he was confessing to Padme after he killed all the Sand people. I thought that was actually well done. Like it was a pretty emotional scene, and it he finally so well, he finally showed some sort of emotion, I guess, to where he wasn't so wooden like he was throughout most of the movie. 
or so angsty, I guess, as we, we learned in the pod crawl. <laughs> but I, I think that was the, the one moment where we actually had kind of this raw emotion finally come out. And I thought that was, I thought that was okay too. So those are the two scenes I'll defend Hayden Christensen on a little bit. I, I, agree I think with the he first does, one. I think he does a good mad scene. You know, I think he does good being pissed off like that. Okay. I can, I can relate to that. Everything else is crap. Yeah, I think, I, uh, it's uh, it is so wooden, uh, I, and I, but I do agree with that that uncomfortable arguing because it was it was bad. It's like, dude, you're supposed to be listening to him. Shut your fucking face. Well, and I, I would backhand him, and, and then stab him in the gut with a lightsaber. You're an and ass. Call it an accident. So I I will agree. Go down some stairs, that, and and I think that the scenes that Hayden Christensen had with you and McGregor were probably his best scenes. I think he fed off of Ewan McGregor somehow, and that actually kind of elevated his acting skill. I think they played off of each other well. I don't know about the... I don't know that I totally agree with the the assessment after the killing of the Tuscan Raiders. It still seems... That was way too wooden for me. Like, yeah. That needs to show more emotion. Like, you just literally just wiped out an entire tribe, right? Like, there's a lot more sand people. He didn't wipe... There wasn't a genocide, but he did wipe out this entire tribe. And he's angry and he's upset and he is, he's hurt and he's all this, these things of emotion in all we get out of this entire range of emotion that he's going through is I killed all of them. And uh, who farted face? The women, the children. Like, yeah, no, no shit, Sherlock. Like we just discussed this. Like, why aren't you like, there should have been more to it. There should have been much more to it. Like there should have been tears. There should have been rage. There should have been sadness because he is now, for all intents and purposes, that should have been the scene that he became Darth Vader. Because what he did is so egregious and so against the Jedi Order and what they teach. that He is a Dark Lord of the Sith at this point in my mind. And I hate that on Tatooine on that planet that they did the whole fucking shadow thing where his shadow looks like Vader. It's the same bullshit that they do in other fucking movies. I almost like I go. I got shushed at the Titanic. I took a, a a woman to see the Titanic, and at the end when they're going down, and she goes, "This is where we met, Jack." I went, "No fucking shit!" Like, why in the middle of all of this bullshit did she have to say that? And why in the middle of this fucking movie did they have to put the fucking shadow of Vader? Like, we know he's fucking Darth Vader. We don't need that type of fucking on the nose foreshadowing. It's just terrible direction. One, terrible one, writing. One question Darth for you. Darth Vader? Oh, my God, Rob. Fuck. One question for you, Crowley. What? The woman that you brought to go see Titanic? <laughs> Ooh, yes. Yeah, let's Did talk you have to blow this. her up first? Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> no, no. As a matter of fact, uh, I did not. Oh, okay. Although she blew me up. <laughs> Don't talk about his mother like that. <laughs> that's, that's even worse. <laughs> So back to that scene, like, I think I was more concerned with Padme's non-reaction to all of that, though. Dude, yes. Okay, dictator thoughts. That's a red flag. Uh, not a Jedi. Um, <laughs> and how, how the fuck was that making fun of her anyway? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't understand, like, the oh, writing you're there. you're just making fun of me because you're talking about being a dictator. <laughs> Let's just scoff that off. Oh, what? You just murdered a bunch of people? Oh, you're so young. And I want to oh, see a YouTube a compilation thing. video of every red flag moment when she should have been noping the fuck out of that relationship. Yeah, yeah that would be good. It's yeah. going to be an hour long. No shit. Like, it's uh, just so do, terrible. Do we include Why? episode one? It's not like he's charming. Like, we've established he's not a charming guy. He's actually an asshole. But you're so he, beautiful, just, Crowley. Who kills indiscriminately. He, I, I just don't get how they, the, the writing was like, yeah, let's do this. They, they, they pinned so much on her mother, on, on her mother, on his mother, and that that was what was going to be the turning point for him. And I think the follow through on it with the direction and the writing was terrible. And it didn't, it d- just didn't fucking work. It fell flat. Truly epic death scene, too. Just Sweet just passes out. Yeah. How was she okay and conscious and, you know, not doing well when she was tied up? Keeping her alive. The force was keeping her alive so she could see Anakin. I thought it was those. Not forces, midi chlorians. I thought it was that stuff. She didn't have any goddamn midi chlorians. 
Fucking Rob, I swear to Christ, she no more Minotaurian talk. Go through no more. everything. Oh my God, no more. This is Jason, it. This what is did last... you like about this movie? Fuck. So, <laughs> the end? That was a good part, yes. Um, no. <laughs> he liked the beginning. I liked seeing, you know, Obi-Wan in his prime and and having fun as a Jedi. Um, you know, him and and actually him and Anakin, when they played off of one another, it, it seemed like they had been doing this for a while. They did have that that mentor trainee kind of banter between them, but they, they also seemed kind of like brothers. They seemed comfortable around one another. Uh, I thought that played well. Um, some of the effects were pretty good. I did dig those. Uh, which, I did which like effects. Can well, you point, can you point to the one? <laughs> so the big battle scenes, I did like those, um, but for <laughs> the most part, space. yeah. Okay. We're not getting to the shit that I don't like yet. Shut up, Crowley. <laughs> uh, some of the battle scenes were, were cool. Um, I did like, you know, the big Jedi scene too. That was that was kind of cool seeing a whole bunch of Jedi uh, fighting at once. Although the choreography with a lot of those Jedi just seemed like they were kind of pushing their sword out. Um, did you get the Did you get the idea that a lot of Lucas's friends were like, "I want to be a Jedi," and he's like, "Fuck it, yeah, come on down, let's do this." Yeah, I think so. I think they just got a bunch of yeah friends. His kids, and, I think, were in there. Yeah. yeah, Jesus. I think well, they had what was it? Insync or a Backstreet Boy was in there too. Who <laughs> were they really? Yeah, I can't remember which one. But Good yeah, Christ. one of them was. Well, if that doesn't sum up fucking episode two, I don't know what was. <laughs> Jesus, fuck, fucking in sync or Backstreet Boy? Did Why we- not just get a new kid on the block to come in and fucking play a Jedi Master? They were old news by then. I think all oh, yeah. of them were old news by then. I mean, this was what two thousand. Not in sync. In sync was hot. Early two thousands, I think they were still good. Yeah. Uh, not good. Going, still going. You said good. We. You can't change your answer. You said good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, there there were some good parts to this this movie. Now, there was a lot of bad in this movie. Some of the things that really fucking annoyed the shit out of me were the way they portrayed the Jedi Council. I cannot fucking believe that the Jedi Council would be this stupid and blind to what was going on. I don't care. They tried to pay, pass it off as, you know, the the dark side of the forces blinding us. But Jesus Christ, Anakin's right fucking in front of them. They can't sense anything off of this guy. Yoda knew. Maybe, but why didn't he do something about it? The, the, because he knew that he couldn't. If he did, he would be going against the prophecy. He'd be okay. going against what the will of the force is. Okay, let's let's get into this fucking prophecy. Yeah. It wouldn't matter if it's the will of the force, <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe but him he, as an agent, but as an agent of the force, it is his. It is his job, as he understands it, to carry out the will of the force as best he can. To work against the will of the force. How does he know what the will of the force is? Yeah. Because That's he's 900 subjective. goddamn years old. And he can <laughs> fucking jump around like a little fucking monkey. He's not 900 at this point. Jumping around with he's a lightsaber only like 875. Shut the fuck up, Rob. He's like 875 so years old. That's prophecy. He has, the, he has a midi-chloriate count. Jesus fucking Christ, I can't believe I just said that. That is off the fucking charts. That's why. If any Jedi that has ever lived is as close to being as to uh, one with the Force, as it, it would be Yoda. Again, this prophecy bullshit is... Thanks, Lucas. Yeah, I hate the, the prophecy. When they started mentioning the prophecy, I hated it back then. The, the first time they mentioned prophecy, I was out. Because prophecy, the way that prophecy in most storylines is handled is not handled well. They, they use it as a crutch, as a plot device. And when you do it like that, you strip all of your characters of any free will that they might have. Yep. And you I are just basically say, predestination predetermining what's going to happen in the storyline. So there's, there's no. And then that takes the responsibility of what Anakin does off of Anakin's shoulders. Right. Which then robs him of any redemption that he had in episode six. What the fuck am I in this for? What? What? He said robs. I'm sorry. 
You should be sorry. That was terrible. I'm going to go back to yeah. finishing the show. I'll be back in a second. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're right. When they do that, it robs these characters of depth, of free will, of redemption, of, of responsibility. And it, it makes everything that they do hollow. And not only that, but this prophecy is so ill-defined that they can shoehorn anything into it that they want and make whatever plot device they need at the time into, I mean, they're, they're using the prophecy as a deus ex machina at this point. Dude, they're using the prophecy in seven, eight, nine still. I, they are, I haven't. The, uh, yeah. yeah not yep. explicitly, but yeah. Yeah, not explicitly, but like that they're trying to how does the prophecy fit into these last three? People are still figuring that out. Okay, people are, but they haven't mentioned it in the movies. Well, it's because it's all the Jedi implied. are dead. It's heavily implied with the books. Mm. Especially Again, that's in eight, the worst movie ever fucking made in the history. Like, look, Metropolis, fucking better than episode eight. <laughs> Whoa, I can't believe you That's went high praise. Far. I'm just saying, eight is a fucking travesty of cinema. One of the bigger problems I have, though, with the, the whole prophecy thing is, is the balance, just the balance in general, and the way the Jedi want to interpret balance, because it's, it's just, it makes no sense. They don't explain what they think balance truly is, and what do they think Anakin's actually going to do? I mean, this thing is so far skewed towards the, the Jedi. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like, what do you expect? Like, you're... They're going to rid the Sith, but they don't even believe fully that the Sith actually exist, right? They, they still don't know. It's unclear. They don't really resolve, like, what they learned about Darth Maul and from Phantom Menace either, right? No, no, no. It's just went like, oh, hey, there's two Sith. Okay, moving on. Uh, we got trade disputes and... Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, we killed yeah. one Sith. We don't know who the other Sith is. And then Dooku's like, it's fucking Palpatine, yeah, assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's And the Palpatine. rest of them are like, no, fuck it. Whatever. Uh, you're lying. It's not Palpatine. You can't trust the Sith. Again, how does the Jedi, Jedi Council miss that? Palpatine's standing I, right again, fucking in front I of them, and they, they can't. Jason, it. it's not in his character. Oh, my God. Well, when he said guys. that, I literally, I rolled so hard. I yeah. gave myself a headache, and I had to stop watching the movie for five minutes. So that was a, just it doesn't, five minutes to get to the end. It doesn't seem in character that the Jedi Council would be this blind and stupid to the threat in front of them. Not only that, but the well, Jedi look, Council is not in the is archives. In it doesn't exist. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, the Jedi Council is in decline at this point, and they're they're acting like they've got resources to spare. So the, all of this could have been avoided if they just make Anakin a fucking master. <laughs> yeah, you think? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all about somebody taking right? his toys away and he wasn't allowed to play with the big boys. I mean, Jesus well, I'm Christ. just saying, that. how silly is that? Yeah. Like, so what caused him to be a Sith? Is it the death of his mom? Is it not becoming a master? Is it Palpatine pushing him? It's Obi-Wan's it, fault. He's holding him back. He's jealous. And why it, keep right, pushing Anakin on Padme? I mean, number one, even if they couldn't read Anakin's intentions towards Padme, they should been should have been able to read Padme's intentions towards Anakin and oh, split right. those oh, fuckers fucking, apart. You can't tell me Obi Wan didn't know. Obi Wan absolutely fucking knew, and he just turned a blind eye, blind eye to it because right. he saw Anakin as his brother. And you well, don't and they, snitches snitches. They had that snitches, conversation. Bitch. They had the conversation right at the beginning of the movie. Like, be mindful your feeling, and he starts to tell him like. Had to reassure I'm him that, that she was happy to see them. <laughs> what? He's, like, he's basically saying, I'm having feelings for it. No, don't. You're just kidding. You're not. He would have been like, better Obi-Wan, off to just tell him to flag. fucking wrap it. Obi-Wan, he even <laughs> leapt to the conclusion of, you've made a commitment to the order, one that's not easily broken. I mean, at what? Obi-Wan already saw it all. I mean, he saw it unfolding before it even started to unfold. And like you said. He didn't even it, hand him a condom. No. Yeah. Yeah. So like, think about that for a minute. Obi hands him a condom. Maybe fucking Luke and Leia don't ever happen. Like this is all. Now I'm blaming Obi for all of this. Bullshit. Well, there's culpability. There's to a lot go of people around. actually do. There's Obi Wan. There's the council. There's there's a whole lot of culpability to go around. You it's not all on Anakin. Qui-Gon. I mean, he's a fucking oh, yeah, 16 then, year old. He's going to be guided by you know his other lightsaber. Yeah. And then Mace's brilliance. Hey, let's go inform the Republic that we can't use the Force anymore. Or our right. use of what the Force is that? diminished. 
It was the dumbest <laughs> suggestion ever. And if I was Yoda, like to use Rob's point earlier, I would just backhanded him right there. I was <laughs> like, did, you need to sit did down. Yoda basically backhanded him. He's like, yeah, that's such a terrible idea. Man, I just wanted to see him take his cane and just oh, wrap it right across his face. Go, go into old, old, uh, old man Yoda. Yes. Knocking him on the head. No, 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 no. Well, and, and Obi-Wan, <laughs> I like Obi-Wan as a character. I love Obi-Wan as a character, but man, he just, he is a comedy of errors. Yeah. Anakin, Anakin sings his praises to Padme. You know, you know, he says that Obi-Wan's as wise as Yoda and as powerful as Mace Windu. And Obi-Wan yeah. has his hand hand, or ass handed to him twice by Jango, gets captured on Geonosis and barely is able to free himself in the gladiatorial pit. I, I haven't seen anything from Obi-Wan yet. Do no, you that's think the thing. That's like, on, we had, yeah, when we brought for Phantom Menace, we finally saw a cool Obi-Wan and then we expected to get more of that. And you're right. This is one of the things I remember leaving the theater after two and three, both times of just saying we have crapped all over the Jedi council and we have really crapped all over Obi-Wan's character throughout these movies. And they just, they, they, I won't even use the words I really want to use, but they really, <laughs> because there's a limit, but there's a, uh, the way that they, not on the this way show, that they positioned him. There's, there's no, there's limit, no limit. No, it's the not, limiter's been taken oh, off. It's just not tolerable. Like what they did to him, they, they really just stripped him of everything that we but, thought we knew and liked about the character. And as much progression as we got from the acting and, and the way that he was portrayed, the actual character uh, or his ability and, thinking that he was something special, these movies really made him feel a whole lot less special than what we had imagined him as. But that's why he jumps all over a young Luke Skywalker to save the fucking galaxy. When he, when Luke finally finds Obi-Wan, that's why he jumps all over. He's like, you're the fucking savior, man. You've got to do this shit. Cause I can't, cause I fucked up in the first fucking three movies. So I'm going to give you this fucking lightsaber. Please don't look down. Oh, shit. You look down the hill. All right. So we're going to put this. We're going to put this fucking thing on you. You can't be able to see. Just kind of reach out with the force. Like he gives you like just a modicum of training, right? And then he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go die because uh, you can just go train with Yoda because I'll just fuck it up. I mean, that's why he jumped all over him because he knew he caused Vader. So I guess if you look at it from that point of view, okay, cool. I guess this is why you crapped all over Obi-Wan. But Jesus Christ. So what like I heard, you, what I heard, Crowley, <laughs> yeah. is that you 100% support no. a theme in The Last Jedi. No, I don't support <laughs> it at all. I'm just, I'm you, just you pretty much, it. You pretty much verbatim quoted Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. <laughs> I, am, I, am, I am justifying the, the writing. Of Ryan Johnson? Uh, Oh, no, fuck no, not Ryan Johnson. <laughs> There's nothing that that motherfucker will ever do that I will just, I will be like, oh, this is great. Never. Except he the ruined. line you just verbatim quoted. Okay. Ah, fucking A. Well, anyway, I hope they correct. That's why they did it. I hope they correct Obi-Wan's character in the new series that they're going to do um, because he's one of Didn't my favorite Star did? Wars characters. Yeah, the Clone Wars the Clone did a much Wars. better job. Yeah. yeah. Was, the Clone yeah. Wars, he, you, you saw what Anakin stated, you know, tactical and and wise and all that i mean he was yep. he was a lot less klutzy and duncey and i well, think you, you get, also get a better sense of the camaraderie between obi-wan yeah. and and anakin in the clone wars than you do in this movie i know like that's one of the things you you pointed to jason i was a little disappointed with it it felt a little forced the whole i fell in a gun dark pit har 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 and then like that's a big joke like what shut the yeah, fuck worst up worst fake laugh ever yeah, like let me see you fall in the gun dark pit like a fucking idiot and have Anakin like pull you out. That would be funny. They ran but, out of CGI money. <laughs> so, so one thing yeah. I think I'll, I'll be a, a little bit of an apologist here. So I think something that that this movie was I, I would imagine that George Lucas intended was to still show that this is a developing relationship and that they don't they are not in sync because when we get to Revenge of the Sith at the beginning of that movie we actually see the relationship we expected to get more of in this movie right. You get more of the, the the teamwork and they anticipate much better than they do here, especially when they go to fight Dooku and he just charges in. You still get the brashness and the youngness. I think that was the intent, though, is Obi-Wan is still young. And we, we've got some other material, comic books, that have filled in a little bit of the gaps recently, but you still have a, a young master still trying to figure out how to make, make this all work and then a, a young apprentice who has a lot of abilities and the inability to really 
I don't know, just mirror or match up and, and be a good apprentice. He wants to be, but he's just unable to because he just can't get over all of his, I don't know, self-indulgence, I guess. Yeah, I, I can see that. But my question is, is it a good movie if you have to consume supplemental material to understand um, the character better? N no. You could have just asked, is this a good movie? And the answer would have been the same. No. It would have saved about 50 minutes. Yeah. All right. No, so. Yeah. No, you can't disagree with that. If you need supplemental to really tell you the major aspects of the story you're missing, you're absolutely right. I think supplemental material can help enrich it, which is how I have to tend to view that since I'm a Star Wars. I don't know, <laughs> since we do this for the week in and week out, you got to look at it from that perspective. But yeah. I mean, again, this is why this movie I think for me, this is the lowest on the tier of Star Wars movies. I, I even put Phantom Menace above it. I mean, and Have I think... Have you seen eight? Yeah. This, <laughs> I know you've been quoting it the entire time. It's like, I just watched it again. God damn it. Fuck. I go back and forth between this and the Phantom Menace as being my least favorite Star Wars movie, but... How is the... Oh, my God. Did, we just talked about this last week. The Phantom Menace isn't that bad. Yeah, Anakin is a fucking douche nozzle for a six-year-old. But the rest of the movie's not fucking all that terrible. Fucking Duel of the Fates, fucking uh, the, 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 the lightsaber scene. I'm not rehashing this. We'll, we'll, we, we talked about it. Fuck it. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point, though. Yeah, we, we did a 20th anniversary Phantom Menace, and that movie has held up reasonably well. And I think it holds up a lot better than Attack of the Clones does. And I think partially because of the CGI and, and I mean, the heavy reliance on it, the Geonosians and all of that stuff too, just the ex exceedingly, exceeding use of it has really made this one tough to really stand the test of time when you couple it with all of the other things we've talked about. Yeah. All right. Before we uh, get to our new segment that Crowley's going to be filling in for, is it more sci-fi than 112263? Jonesy, you got any final thoughts? No, I you know, it's, it's still Star Wars. There's still aspects of it that you, you enjoy, even just a little bit. But it was overall a big mess, right? It didn't really feel like it enriched the entire saga, the original, the, the prequel trilogy. It was supposed to be this linchpin. And aside from giving us the clones, but I mean, we didn't really talk about the whole clone army in, in much detail. But that whole thing was just clunky as all get out. And again, to your point earlier, we, it took us, God, another 10 years or six or seven years maybe with the Clone Wars to actually get any true answers as to what anything happened, or at least more details as to how this was even possible, who sifo was. They threw a lot of these things at us, and I'm okay with ambiguity, but they threw a lot of things at us in this movie, and they didn't explain really much of any of it. Kind of like midichlorians, right? They just they kind of threw it out there and then never come back and touch it again. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, those are the things that you try to take some of the good good aspects out of it, but this one's just got a lot of a lot of difficult parts to get through. At least they made Jar Jar the guy who gave Palpatine all his fucking power. <laughs> well, like yeah, Red that's said. The, that's the thing about this one. They, they worked so hard to reduce Jar Jar's scope in this movie compared to the last one to make it seem like he'd actually grown up. But no, not really. Yeah. He was still a babbling no. idiot like early on of, you know, and Padme's like, Representative Binks, you're going to be fine. Like, go on. You've got a lot of work to do, son. Well, like Red used to say, Jar Jar's a Sith. Jar Jar is Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Crowley, since off. James isn't here, uh, you have to do Is It More Sci Fi Than 112263. Go. Fuck. Okay, so, so uh, this movie is science fantasy, not really sci fi. Uh, and 112263 is really historical fantasy and not really uh, sci-fi, but this has star in the fucking title and they were in space and they and went lasers. to other planets, lasers and a laser sword, several laser swords, uh, shitty CGI. Uh, yeah. Uh, star Wars episode two attack of the clones, more sci-fi than 11, 22, 63. Someone mailed George Lucas an award. He put he put a lot he of thought it. into that. He did. I'm wow. impressed. Yeah. James told me that if I fucked this up, I was done. So I didn't I didn't want to fuck it up. We didn't even talk music. It's not that great. It's fine. Jesus, it's, it's fine. just actually, fucking rehashed actually, this is, everything. Overall, this is one of the weaker soundtracks, but it has 
I mean, Across the Stars is probably one of the most sweeping pieces of music that John Williams has wrote for the Star Wars saga and really well done. So I just want to make sure it gets it's thrown in there because overall, a little Shut lackluster. Shut the fuck but... up, Jonesy. What? It's a fantastic <laughs> track. It is not a fantastic oh soundtrack. God. No, this is this, terrible. That one track is, I said uh, overall, the, the soundtrack is, a, is on the weaker side of most of them, but that one track is one is of that, them. Is that your way of saying it sucks? Are you just trying one, to be diplomatic? Which one is across the He's, stars? <laughs> dude, that's the love theme for Padme and Anakin. Oh, oh, fuck Jesus that Christ. shit. Fuck, fuck that, that shit. So terrible. <laughs> God. What the fuck? You have undone everything. The soundtrack is terrible. The song is terrible. This movie's terrible. Fuck it. I will never watch Attack of the Clones again. Ever. Never. Never so ever. Next week, we are reviewing Attack of the Clones for the second time. <laughs> 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 Who's got awards? Yeah. yeah. Jonesy, let's start with you. Who's got your All Black right, Lung Award do- on this? Black Long. It's got to be Anakin for taking the Force Lightning to the chest and then getting his arm cut off. I mean, what else? What else are you gonna do for that one? He was a smoking pile of, I don't know, teenage angst. <laughs> teenage. <laughs> nice, Rob. Um, yeah, mine was kind of like smelling the flesh, the burning flesh, um, uh, from when his arm got cut off. You know, it's kind of like because there really wasn't any smoking in it. It's hard to find smoking in a PG-13 movie. True. Crowley? Yeah, uh, I'm giving it to the chick who fucking took Padme's place at the beginning of the movie on the fucking ah. Oh, yeah. Corday, yeah. 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 Is that played by Kira Knightley still? No. 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 Uh, she's yeah. done. That's, yeah. That's oh, sad, I did see Kira Rose Knightley's Byrne in here, though. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's Rose who Byrne's gets mine. Too. Rose Byrne was uh, Padme's assistant. Yep. Okay. Y'all don't know who Rose Byrne is? Yes, I, I do. I don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> your black lung award, Jason. <laughs> so my black lung is going to go to Dex, and let me let me explain why. So he's the epitome of the greasy spoon cook, and every greasy spoon cook I've ever seen before in the movies has a fucking cigar in their mouth, and so and I they could not lit on the hamburger too, yeah. right? Yeah. And I could not fucking see this character without imagining a cigar in his mouth. So he's getting my Black Lung Award, even though he didn't actually have a cigar in his mouth because it's a George Lucas Star Wars movie. That's right. He so had you, the mustache and everything. He yeah, had the you, whole you, look going. You gave your Black Lung Award to a CGI character that can't actually have lungs. Fuck you. Dude. I'm just... All of the characters are CGI in this movie. That's all Anakin I fucking do. CGI. That is not, that's <laughs> not 100% true. I, while I'm fairly confident Anakin's character was all CGI, as well as his emotions, like the rest of them probably weren't, unless they were actually CGI. All right, Jonesy, who's got your head lush? Oh, head lush. I'm going to give that to the entire makeup department for the Obi-Wan beard. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because Very I'm pretty nice. sure they were all fucking blitzed out of their minds Very when nice. they did that beard. Uh, Crowley. Who's got your head lush? Anyone who goes back and watches this fucking movie, because that's the only way you're getting through it, is fucking drunk. Rob? Um, I gave it to Obi-Wan because, you know, he likes a little drink and a little dismemberment when he goes to the bar. I mean, there's a pattern. True. As we'll see in four. Yeah, I had forgotten that Obi-Wan went into the bar and got a drink, so my head lush went to uh, the honorary Richard Dawson. Wait, how did you forget? Did you not watch yeah. this movie again? He watched it drunk. That's the only way to get through this fucking movie. I've already said gotcha. that once, Rob. I watched more of this Crowley's movie than notes. you did, Rob. Oh, that, no, that's a lot of detail. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. <laughs> Ten minutes. I've seen the whole Ten movie. minutes. That's it. Uh, Jonesy, who's got your player? Oh, it's got to be Padme, right? I mean, she was uh, she had the girls out. She had the uh, outfit rocking it. She looked smoking hot. And uh, yeah, definitely doing it for Anakin. So got to give it to Padme. Rob? She knew what she was doing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to Anakin, you know, because he started as a creep. She kept saying no. You keep saying, you you just keep going at it until they finally relent and say yes. And then bam, you got yourself a girl. I think that's called like rape or something, but whatever. She wanted it. All right. So now that we have no more listeners, uh, Crowley, who's got your player? (laughs) Rob, you can't. Fucking say that. Uh, we, can, we can edit because that out. she pulled in. The, she's pulling. She pulled in that fucking sweet moisture farmer fucking dough by <laughs> hooking up with uh, 
uh, uh, Owen Lars. <laughs> okay. Uh, my player is going to go to Padme, uh, just like Jonesy. Uh, she basically played Anakin like a fiddle. So um, I, I have to agree. She she may have, you know, kind of choreographed that or orchestrated uh, that whole exchange between Anakin, you know, pushing him away, kind of making him want her more, and then finally roping him in and, and basically uh, controlling him with uh, with. Hidden strength. I don't think she's that smart. So I do want to say, she's I want to say that this and she is was smoking a, hot. She yeah. is smoking hot, but she also put Jar Jar in charge. She's not that smart. This is a prime example of a dude writing a script and writing a love story. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, Jonesy, who's got your purple hippo? Oh man, I thought about giving it to the Jedi Council, but I think I've still got to give it to Anakin because, I mean, this, this poor kid. I got to feel bad for him. You know, he's getting mixed signals from Padme. She's, you know, making out with him one minute saying, no, we can't do this the next. And then she's in this, you know, except, you know, oh, just sexy outfit. And he's like, man, you're driving me insane. And I don't know. It's enough to blow a young man's mind. And other things. <laughs> Crowley, <laughs> who's got yours? George Lucas for making this fucking travesty of a goddamn God film. Damn. Just put a number two on that, uh, George Lucas times two, because uh, that was the same thing for him thinking this was a good movie. All right. Uh, my Purple Hippo is going to go to Anakin and Obi-Wan as they were in the speeder and passing through that uh, exposed power coupling. And even the power coupling was purple, so that, that had to have been the only reason why a, you chose it is because that was the only purple you saw. That is not the only saber. reason I chose it, Rob. Shut up. Well, Nobody asked you. Uh, I know. I don't know what that means. My purple hippo is... He didn't ever ask, ask me. He didn't have to because you volunteered it. Yeah, I you know. said George Lucas times two. I yeah. know I did. I don't listen to this show, though. That's true. No shit. All right. Jonesy, any final thoughts? I'm afraid to have another thought now. <laughs> <laughs> well... No, it, yeah, this is, yeah, this is not a great movie, of course, but... I don't know. It's fun kind of talking shit about it sometimes and trying to find that gleaming little moment. And I'm pretty sure that we've had Crowley admit that he would probably rather watch Last Jedi than Attack of the Clones now. I, th I so think I got that from this show it. too. So it's yeah. it's yeah. definitely written. It's not a thing. I have to watch fucking that fucking travesty of a movie just for this fucking show. It'll be the third and last time I'll, I'll ever watch it. See, he's already looking forward to it. You know what? I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, me either. Fuck you See, all. he can't wait. Cannot. Are you going to do wait. a quote along with? Are you guys going to do a quote along so that he can kind of go with the movie? That's I mean, a good idea. That too much. It is. That's a really good idea. I'm trying to figure out what what's my least favorite scene of all time. Is it an apple floating to a mouth or a fork? I'm sorry. It was a pear. That, what what the, what the fuck ever. It was an alien pear. The pear so it could have been an alien apple. You don't know what the bit, fuck they called it. She bit the pear off, and it and it bit even further oh my away God. from her mouth. Oh, it looked terrible. Number yeah. one, or fucking Mary Poppins in space. I'm not a hundred percent sure which is the most egregious scene. Like it might be a fucking dead heat. Nah, I'm gonna you, give it to wait, the pear. It wasn't all the C3PO puns in the arena. <laughs> no. That was pretty egregious too. I don't know. I think those other two I'm quite scenes were more egregious. Ugh. Yeah, those were terrible. Uh, well, thank you, Jonesy. We really appreciate you being on and uh, jumping on this grenade that is Attack of the Clones. Uh, let us know where we can uh, catch the Cantina cast, would you? Yeah, yourglumedia.com slash the Cantina cast, or you can find it on all of your favorite podcatchers. So Albert Padilla and I host that show every week, and we're getting ramped up doing Mandalorian, of course, and we've got Rise of Skywalker coming out, of course, as well. We're doing more character dissections and uh, less review type of stuff and more, uh, you know, characters and scenes and analysis like that. So uh, check us out over there. We'd love to have you over on board. Yeah, if you ever want to know anything or uh, about Star Wars, these are the guys to talk to. They they uh, have a ton more Star Wars knowledge than than I will ever have and uh, do a great job on on their character and, and story dissections of, of Star Wars lore. So love listening to it. Head on over there and, and, and grab their their podcast. 
All right, that's got it for this week. Next week we will be reco- <laughs> we were reviewing Revenge of the Sith. Are you sure? I could be Return sure. of the Jedi. Pretty sure. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrawl music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at eargloomedia.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter at status underscore podcast. Or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to eargloomedia.com forward slash Patreon. And be sure to check out all of the other excellent podcasts at eargluemedia.com. Like always, this goes without saying, but the poorly thought out and sometimes questionable opinions expressed on this show are ours, so don't hold Jonesy responsible for them. And might not be shared by Eargloom Media or anyone else for that matter. Definitely not. <laughs> for this week, I'm Jason. Seismic charges in space. I hate that. Question mark. Doesn't even make sense. This whole movie doesn't make sense. Why are we talking about this fucking movie? Is this show over yet? Fuck me. Greatest God sound effects ever. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week. And that's going to do it for this week. Next week, we are going to go over. Um, oh, shit. What is that? I just Revenge totally fucking blanked on the third movie. The, the third one. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith.